This does not make an appointment. Yeah. You can you cannot budget for a thing like this. Yeah, but it's scary. And I mean, what what for me is is scary is just like how many people are now dying. Mm. I mean, you I think you're averaging about two hundred odd a day. Yeah. It's week 17 of South Africa's national lockdown, and according to the official figures released just last night, 9,909 people have died in South Africa as a result of the coronavirus. While close to 10,000 deaths is already a significant number, funeral parlors in the country have also reported a significant spike in the funerals they are being required to cater for numbers which are much higher than the official reported death toll. So what are we dealing with here? Our reporter Graham spent the week combing through the death toll figures with South Africa's undertakers. This short podcast series follows Sunday Times reporter Alex Patrick and senior reporter Graham Hoskin as they track, record and reflect on the real events and people that make up SA's biggest COVID-19 news stories. For Boots on the Ground, behind South Africa's national lockdown, I am Zama Lutuli and this is episode 15, The Collateral Death Toll. The surge in COVID-19 deaths has Gauteng state mortuaries and private funeral parlors under pressure. They are battling to process the spike in South Africa's dead. This week, Graham spoke to South Africans' caretakers of death for a detailed piece he wrote for the Sunday Times. He explains some of the trials this industry is facing at the moment. I was chatting to the, the Department of Health in Gauteng. Mm. I mean, they were saying that they, their mortuaries, so it includes state mortuaries and then mortuaries at government hospitals, are oh uh, at like 43% capacity and rising. We were chatting to a couple of mortuary workers and they said they just, they just can't keep up there. So there's a big problem okay. with people not collecting bodies or being unable mm-hmm. to collect bodies, especially, like, you know, if you, you're a family and you live in Mpumalanga, your loved mm. one has died mm. in Gauteng. And I was chatting to morgue workers and they were just, they were, they were saying they, they're beyond depressed. Really? Yeah, they said they just can't cope. I mean, it's really? just, it's like, can't, you know, you, mm. and, it, and it's not just people collecting bodies from hospitals. I mean, it's, it's getting calls from people at home saying, look, my, my husband, my father, my mother, Mm. My kids have died from, have just died. Mm. They said, like, you know, there's, there's not a day that they're not busy. Yeah. The figures have doubled. Like, Seriously? you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's insane. Wow. The, the caskets, the guys who manufacture the caskets mm. just can't keep up. Serious. Yeah, there's a shortage of casket handles. Yeah, I think it was something like nearly 150% more cases compared to, or cases, um, funerals, funerals, compared to this time last year. Sure. Wow. Yeah, I thought, oh, you know, the, the morgues would be able to cope and the funeral parlors would be able to cope. But I mean, one never really thinks about 
you know, when there's a sudden spike in deaths, yeah. you know, it's not like there's an infinite number of funeral bombs. Mm. I mean, it's just, That's I mean, the, the, yeah, the business of death is, is, it's is big business. It's, it's big business. But when Graham says the business of death is big business at the moment, what does he mean? According to South Africa's official stats, at this stage, 9,909 people have died in South Africa as a result of the coronavirus. This figure shouldn't place these essential workers under enormous pressure. So what actual influx are they seeing? One of South Africa's most established funeral parlors, Avbob, says its figures show a very large and notable increase in recent funerals, particularly in July. Graham spoke to Avbop General Manager Peter van der Westezen, who outlines their figures for us. In May, we had an extremely slow month. Uh, April was sort of uh, on par, but May as an industry, and it's not only me saying that, I spoke to some of my colleagues in the industry, was extremely slow. and. It could be ascribed to the fact that people stayed at home um, and they did not get into contact with other ill people. There were no uh, very few motor car accidents. The murder uh, rate came down. So we really saw a steep decline in our insurance claims as well as the funerals that we conducted. And I'm talking about a, a decline of 10, 10 to 12 percent uh, in burials and uh, insurance claims. Then came uh, June and we saw a rise in burials and insurance claims from approximately 8% uh, compared to the previous year. And then July arrived and July was something different to uh, to any of the previous months. Uh, and we saw a really steep uh, increase in the number of burials that, uh, that we did. I'm, I'm talking about a 50% increase in the number of burials uh, for zero. A 50% increase in funerals from last year, that is no small figure. But more concerning is the fact that this trend is not exclusive to large funeral parlors like Avbob. Small and medium parlors have also noticed a similar trend. Jodine Smith, the MD of Dove's Funeral Parlor, says her company has charted a very similar trend. Um, we have seen um, quite a big jump um, in our numbers in July, um, towards the end of June actually. Um, we saw the numbers picking up specifically in the Western Cape. Um, for the first two weeks in July, we, and we saw our number, numbers doubling. Um, yes, and we, I can say that there's 40% uh, COVID cases. Hmm. So it's not it hasn't overridden the, the, the number of deaths um, that we are currently conducting. Um, but it's about 40% um, increase, and those are due to the COVID cases. So Dove's funeral parlor has also noticed the July spike. But more than that, Jodine says the first week of August has shown a continuation of the incline in necessary funeral services. Actually, we've seen a spike in the first week of August already. Sure. So, yeah, so we are expecting August and towards the end of September for it to start um, slowing down a bit. But for the month of August and the first three weeks of September, 
we are expecting some high numbers to come through. Even Sonia Smith, the owner of Sonia Smith Funeral Services, a small private funeral parlor, has noticed the spike. To me, there is definitely an increase. If I look at previous years, you know, winter times, we this, the figures are inclining. We're doing um, up to eight a day at the moment. And as I say, about 25% COVID-related. And it's not just the bodies of the elderly that they're collecting. It's, it's young people yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, Gauteng apparently has the highest number of um, young people who, who are dying from, from COVID. Mm. So in the Western Cape and KZN and the Eastern Cape, it's a lot of elderly mm. people. But in, in Gauteng, the, those who are dying are increasingly younger and younger. And I think what, you know, what was, was really sad about the story was just listening to the number back from funeral parlors and different funeral parlors talking about, you know, how many people in old age homes mm. are dying from this. Shame. But what is causing the spike in funerals? According to a weekly death analysis data report released by the Medical Research Council by July 28, there were over 2,000 excess natural deaths, four times the number of deaths directly attributed to COVID-19 on the same date. Gauteng natural deaths are 106% higher compared to previous years. Funeral parlors have been left to speculate the reasons for these spikes in natural deaths. Now, we don't want to say it's COVID because the numbers that we get from government, the official numbers, uh, do not relate to this uh, increase in the number of burials. So it could be, and I mean, I'm speculating, it could be that people didn't visit their doctors uh, because they're scared uh, they will get infected. Uh, so that they're not getting their medication. Uh, the second thing is we are a very cold winter, uh, a wet winter in the Cape uh, and up here. I, I don't know about the conditions in the Eastern Cape because we, the biggest increase we saw uh, was in the Eastern Cape. Uh, those, those are sort of the reasons. Uh, and the other one is obviously that the numbers of COVID-19 has been understated. Uh, it could be, uh, but we don't have uh, too much information on that. But we can definitely see a rise, and I do think that it can be ascribed to the fact that the hospitals are so full, and with COVID cases, that the other people needing, hos- need- needing hospital care are perhaps not, not being helped quick enough, and therefore, um, unfortunately, they, they pass away. These speculations are not far off the mark, though. The Medical Research Council researchers believe the excess deaths are collateral deaths linked to difficulties in the healthcare system caused by the burden of COVID-19. You know, people who have chronic illnesses, they just can't get to, because of fear, yeah. you know, because of age, they can't get to their, their doctors sure. um, to pick up their medicine. So, you know, the, although they're not dying from COVID, they dying because of COVID, if you know what I mean. No, absolutely. It's you know, it's an un- unintended consequence mm. of of the lockdown of the virus, um, of people's fears.
collateral deaths, the byproduct death toll of COVID-19, the one that is not reported on, people avoiding medical care because they are afraid that getting infected with their particular list of comorbidities would be a death sentence. People like the transplant patients we spoke about in our last episode. But despite the cause, death figures are undoubtedly rising and funeral parlors are preparing. We had to hire extra staff. We also had to extend, expand our facilities. With regards to the the cold room facility, we had to increase the capacity because of the high number of deaths that we are currently experiencing. And and in terms of these refrigeration trucks that uh, Elfbob has had designed, I mean, I understand a whole lot of number have been brought to to Gauteng. I mean, is that just to is that just to Gauteng, or is it elsewhere in the country? And are you having more designed? And is and are they to to help you cope with the, the rising deaths? Yeah, so okay, so it's uh, refrigerated containers. Yeah. Uh, I saw you refer to it as trucks, but yeah, it's just it's just your uh, shipping containers. Your okay. Refers. Yeah. Uh, they use for fresh produce. So yeah, we've we bought um, 17, uh, where of 13 is already in service uh, at um, some of our agencies. We, we The initial ones, we started in Gauteng, that's where the biggest population was in uh, years, and that was done in uh, in March. We, we, I mean, nobody knew at that stage where where the peaks will come and what provinces will will experience the most. So uh, obviously, we in the Western Cape uh, started with the the infections. We uh, moved quite a number uh, to Cape Town uh, specifically uh, to help us coping with whatever will be coming our way. And then uh, we installed quite a few in the Eastern Cape, Queenstown, uh, Tansani, uh, Port Elizabeth. Uh, we opened an additional mortuary in East London. Uh, we, we expanded that mortuary as well to make sure that we have sufficient uh, space. But that was part of our planning. Uh, it was not uh, to scare and say, yes, yes, a lot of death is coming. But, uh, we use them primarily for to, to split the COVID deceased uh, from your normal mortuary facility. Okay. But I'm, we needed them. Uh, it was not a case that uh, we planned, and luckily we planned, uh, because the last thing you want is uh, that you run out of capacity. So we, we, we are okay. Our people are coping. Uh, yeah. They're doing actually exceptionally well under the circumstances, I must say. So we have, uh, we have um, fridges, actually, that are not currently working at the moment. We have closed them, um, and we're ex- with the expectation that if we do this capacity, that we will turn them on. Um, that's the one. The other part is that we can quickly convert our current capacity to, in some branches, triple the amount. So it is within the same uh, space, we've got additional rooms that we can convert. So not refrigerated trucks, um, and we're looking at and, and and those types of contingencies are mainly in your in the housing area in um, KZN and Western Cape. In Eastern Cape, it's a bit of a challenge. In that area, we're looking at um, containers. 
Given their preparation, the funeral industry is confident that it will be able to handle any COVID-19 related deaths. But preparing staff mentally and physically is proving to be much more challenging. We are facing many challenges at the moment. Um, one of them have just been announced today, in fact, that the government announced in order to improve the COVID-19 death reporting, it is now required that all sudden deaths and those that occur at home must have specimens taken for COVID-19 before the death certificates can be issued. Now, at the moment, we are so stretched in that the doctors are so busy that they they cannot afford the time to to sign off the documentations for cremations and for burials. We really have to go back. We have to go back two, three times to a doctor because the doctor is just too busy or not available. The crematoriums are full, so there's a backlog already. The grave, the cemeteries have certain rules that, that some of them want a week's notice before you can bury. We have the municipal strikes at the moment where the workers are, are really not assisting us at the cemeteries. And the documentation that, that's, that has to, to be uh, completed, the, the regulations, the PPE, all the new rules, but the protocol is causing a lot of delays because we have to make sure that we stick to the rules and we don't want to, to be infected and we don't want the staff to be infected. Also not place the hospital staff at risk. So you have to go through this whole screening process and it's just taking so long. And in the meantime, other people require your services. So yeah, we just don't have enough hands at the moment. This is not something that uh, we expected, obviously, as a country we didn't expect. And um, even our, our staff are frontliners, mm. and they don't get as much appreciation, you know, as all other frontliners. Mm. And yet, um, they are just as much involved, more um, so obviously at at the time of death. Mm. And it's just so unfortunate that um, they are exposed to this. Uh, pandemic because they're at risk mm. and they put themselves at risk every day and they put their families at risk and we just appreciate them. And and do you think it's a situation that's all you know private funeral parlors and state mortuaries are facing? I, I think it's getting worse. I really do think so. Yes, it's, it's tough. And people at my staff are tired they don't sleep enough. They one of them is falling asleep while he's busy eating his dinner. So I have just created a, some space at the office. If these guys uh, go out at night and they sleep so little that they can just perhaps take a power nap during the day, if there is a chance or maybe an hour or two to spare, that they can just you know go and take a nap because they they really work day and night at the moment. This does not make an appointment. Yeah. You can you cannot budget for a thing like this. We just have to be prepared. Yeah, but it's scary. And I mean, what what for me is is scary is just like how many people are now dying. Mm. I mean, you I think you're averaging about two hundred odd a day. Yeah, yeah. And most of them still. I mean, I I just remember last night's statistics, which was just over three hundred, but most are still from Gauteng. Yeah.
Yeah, a lot, a lot of the deaths are, are still, you know, you, you're still getting big numbers in, in KZN, because um, mm. that's apparently going to be the next, or is the, the okay. next death hot, hot spot, and the free state apparently. You know, and there's so many regulations around how long the bodies can be kept for. Yeah. So, you know, it's between, if you die from COVID, a, a mortuary has to, or a funeral parlor has to process you between three and seven days. Serious? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's probably to stop that, that backup of bodies. I think it, yeah, I think it's to stop the backup. I mean, it's also, you know, around fears of, of the mm. spread of the, the virus. The virus. Mm. State mortuary workers who spoke to Graham reported being worked off their feet. One explains that they used to be called out between three and five times a night to collect the dead, but now get called up to 10 times at night. The collateral death toll of COVID-19 is underemphasized and remains a very real risk but is not tracked and it is not scrutinized. It leaves a person wondering, what is the real body count of COVID-19? Is it what is reported in the official statement or should it include those considered collateral? For Boots on the Ground Behind SA's National Lockdown, a product of Multimedia Live, I am Zama Lutuli. You are listening to Boots on the Ground Behind SA's National Lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices, and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samar Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head Scott Peter Smith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.